morning. Say that again. Good morning. Well, that's a little better. <laughs> I hope everybody's well today. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn to Mark chapter 13 together. Mark chapter 13. All of my orders here. I'm going to address this morning my own the subject of the signs of the end of times. You know, uh, I guess today we're probably a lot closer than we were before, but I, I feel like as uh, we look around us at the, the signs of the times and so on and so forth, uh, that it's fulfilling scripture as the days go by pretty quickly. And uh, we don't, uh, don't often think about that, but one of these days before too long, the Lord's going to come back. And uh, this time he's not going to come back as a suffering servant. This time he's coming back as a majestic king. And uh, we uh, certainly need to be prepared for that, to honor the king when he comes. That was a big deal in, in uh, the ancient world when the king came to town. Everybody... Uh, made a big do about it. The streets were lined with people and everybody was cheering and everybody was having a good time and saluting the king. I'm glad to see him. And that's uh, hopefully the way that it's going to be with uh, all of us. Uh, as God's people, we'll rejoice when he comes back. And uh, we're not going to be part of that bunch that says, uh-oh, and uh, we've waited too long. In Mark chapter 13, Mark begins, as he was going out of the temple complex, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, look, what massive stones, what impressive buildings. Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here on another that will not be thrown down. Let's pray. Father, we do uh, thank you for the privilege that we have as American citizens to have the freedom to come and to worship you. We pray, God, as we look at your word together, we would realize the importance of our trust and obedience to you. God, uh, show us the value of putting you first ahead of all things this morning as we worship you and honor you God we we just thank you for the life of Jesus we thank you for the salvation that he has brought we look forward to that day he's coming back you've given us signs in the scripture about the time that he's coming back we pray God that uh, we would have the the knowledge and uh, God the uh, Biblical understanding to look at these things and be aware 
of when he's coming back because he is coming again to receive his own unto himself. We just thank you for that promise. We look forward to it in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 13 of Mark says, As he was going out of the temple complex, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, look, what massive stones, what impressive buildings. Jesus told him, You see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here on another that will not be thrown down. You know when it was thrown down? 70 years later, 70 A.D. The Romans just destroyed it. It was just made rubble. Folks, we live in a world today, in a society today, where people put a great deal of emphasis on things like buildings and, and uh, things like that, uh, who, their jobs, their titles, who they are, where they're from, and, and all of that sort of stuff. People like to show off their houses. They like to show off their business. Folks, we, we even sometimes, I, I get tickled when I sometimes when I go out in the country and talk to folks. They want to take me out in the garden and show me that great garden. Well, I mean, it's a beautiful garden. It's just like some of the houses. It's a beautiful house. But folks, in the long run, that's just what it is. It's a house. And it's just a garden. And if you can't get your vegetables out of the garden, where you go? Walmart. <laughs> you can get anything at Walmart, can't you? <laughs> now, I mean, we, we spend an inordinate amount of time sometimes bragging on the things that we have and, the, and what they are and how expensive they are and how great they are. And uh, the Jews were no exception. Now, keep in mind, these men were the disciples of Jesus. And they were calling his attention to the great works done by hand and the massive stones. And I don't know how they did all of that by hand, I'm going to tell you. But I've seen some of the the renderings and some of the pictures and some of the archaeological shows that show some of these massive stones. I don't know how they moved them around, but they did <clears throat> manual labor. I mean, huge things. Stones as big in a cube as that doorway back there, it appeared. They moved them and they built those buildings out of them. They were so proud of what their heritage had done and who they were. And all of these massive stones in this building and how beautiful they were and how great this temple was. God, Jesus kind of put things in perspective. He said, boys, I'm telling you all something. One of these days, and it's not going to be too long from now, there's not going to be one stone left on another here. This building's going to be completely torn down. Folks, in a world today in which we live, we need to understand and try to help others understand that all of the time and all of the energy and all of the effort that we spend trying to amass stuff, that's what it amounts to. It's just stuff. Going to some of these older folks' homes, I, I don't know. I, I think my mother probably had stuff stored away in, in a trunk here or there or a box here or there that she had when she got married. We just accumulate stuff. Wow, we're so proud of it, we don't want to get rid of it. 
And I have to confess, I'm the same way. Trisha asked me about stuff every once in a while I hadn't looked at since 1967, if I want to keep it or not. Well, sure I do. You ladies laugh, so do y'all. <laughs> y'all got clothes you hadn't been in in the last 25 years, but you ain't going to get rid of them. One of these days I'll be able to wear this again. Yeah, come on. <laughs> like me, I'm going to be 160 pounds again. You believe that, don't you? <laughs> Both of my legs together probably weigh 160 now. Oh, my goodness. We are, we are proud of our things, our stuff. And Jesus was trying to make his disciples see that these things weren't worth anything. All of the majesty that this world has to offer is not worth a penny. It's not going to do anybody any good when Jesus busts the sky wide open and comes back to set up his kingdom on this earth. Nothing's going to matter except what we've stored up for him. That's He was, he was saying that. Guys, y'all are looking at, at this stuff in the wrong way. These are massive stones, all right. I'm, I'm not going to say they're not. But there's coming a day when they're not going to be here. They're going to be wiped out. Verse 3 continued. While he was sitting on the Mount of Olives across from the temple complex, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us when will these things happen and what will be the sign when these things happen? are about to take place. Then Jesus began by telling them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, don't be alarmed. These things must take place. But the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginnings of birth pains. Now that's, that's a pretty rough commentary. Jesus said he, he was talking to them about the signs of the end of time, the signs of the end of the age. He was telling them what was going to happen. And then when he stopped and quit talking about all of the destruction that was going to take place on the the planet, all of this stuff, I mean, there's not a building on the earth that's not going to look like this temple right here you're looking at. Everything's going to be destroyed, guys. The important thing is what? You get ready because it's going to happen. If he pointed his finger at us today, he would say, you get ready because when it happens, you're going to be the only ones on this planet to make sense of it to those that are lost. You're the only one. He talked to them about the, the wars that would come and the deceit that would come. <laughs> we have good examples in the United States of America of deceit. Turn on the nightly news. You get ABC, NBC, CBS, and all of these other stations whatever, wherever they come from, and I don't think any of them can tell the story straight. They always embellish things and they always add to it or take away from it and, and a lot of them just flat out lie. They don't know anything from anywhere. 
in the end of time when things start happening, guess there's going to be a lot of uh, stuff going on and people are going to say a lot of stuff about what's happening. And they've got the answer for it. And they know why this and why that. They know what to do about it and all that kind of stuff. Jesus said, don't let anybody deceive you. Men are going to come telling you, I've got the answer. I'm he. I know what's, what the answer is. Jesus said, <laughs> they're telling you to tell a tale. They're not, they don't know anything about anything else. They just have come in my name trying to aggrandize themselves. Folks, we see people in the world today, political folks, uh, all kind of people in the world today, but I, I think especially politicians, but we have folks in the church and church work that try to aggrandize themselves and put themselves up before the congregations of the world as somebody special. And I don't mean to be ugly, but I say that in reference to a lot of people that are so-called faith healers. They make people believe or try to make people believe that they're Jesus Christ in the flesh on the earth. That they can do things that nobody else can do. I've seen them with their prayer cloth and I've seen them with their hankies and I've seen them laying hands on people that are supposed to be crippled who get up out of the bed and start walking. I'd like to have seen them a couple of hours earlier because they would probably walk from wherever they were to get on that bed. And I don't say that to be facetious. I say that to tell the truth. There are a lot of charlatans out there in the world that want to mislead people today. The devil is in the business of taking us away from Christ. If he can take us towards something else that we put just as much stock in or more stock than Jesus, he's tickled. He's happy. Jesus said, don't worry about it. All that stuff is going to happen. Don't worry about it when you hear about wars and rumors of wars because they're going to take place. Oh, we get, we get all in a tizzy and upset, and I, I don't blame anybody for that. My goodness, we got children and grandchildren in the armed services that if a war broke out, they'd be gone. We went up and saw grandbabies yesterday, had a chance to see both the big ones from over in East Mississippi. And... Uh, Lauren, my granddaughter's son, not son, <laughs> spit it out, Terry. My granddaughter's husband is an officer in the United States Army. And you know what that fool likes to do? He likes to jump out a perfectly good airplane. Boy, ain't got no sense at all. Excuse my English. I ain't going to stand in the door 5,000 feet off the ground and jump on purpose. Somebody gets me out that door, they're going to kick me out that door. I'm not going to get that close to the door to begin with. They're going to drag me there first. There takes all kind of people now. Look, we've got men who serve us in that capacity who are prepared to go to war for us just like that. They're there to defend us and take care of us when nobody else will. Jumping out of an airplane seems like a minor issue when you talk about going into war. I've heard my father talk about World War II, and I've heard my contemporaries talk about going to Vietnam, and I'm telling you what, the picture I get of war is not a pretty one. People's bodies are destroyed. 
people's minds, if they're lucky enough to live physically through it, people's minds can be destroyed by, by war too. They call that being shell-shocked. That happens. Jesus said, don't be concerned about all of that. You're going to hear about all of that happening. Don't be concerned about it. These things have got to take place, he said, but the end is not yet. You know what else is going to happen? It's going to be world war. Nations going to rise against nation. We see them doing that economically now. Kingdom is going to do battle with kingdom. And not only is there going to be dissension among peoples, Jesus said, the earth's going to shake. Now, I've seen pictures of and portrayals of, and uh, I've got uh, some distant relatives that live in California, and they sent us pictures. It's been years ago, but they sent us pictures of an earthquake out there that left a, I mean, it left a crack in the ground. I mean, a log, you know, you could drive a car over in it. Just the earth just separated from the quake, Jesus said, don't be alarmed. These things are going to happen. You're going to have to face these things uh, of the of natural disaster uh, and war. You know why we're going to have war in the end? I, I think I got that figured out. We're going to have war in the end because some of us are going to have stuff and others not. And the folks that have stuff are prone to get attacked by those that don't have it. They want to take it away from them. Now, that, I mean, if you boil, boil every war down to the nitty-gritty, that's what happens. The haves are <laughs> targeted by the have-nots to take away what they have so the have-nots can be the haves and the haves can be the have-nots. That's, that's human mind. That's the way we think. Jesus said, don't be alarmed by that. They're just doing their thing. Don't be too upset. The end of the age is coming. But that's only the beginning. He said, when you see all of this stuff start happening, oh, that te sounds terrible too. Jesus said, it's just the beginning. That's birth pains. When I hadn't been around a whole lot of women <laughs> giving childbirth, I'm going to tell you. But from what I understand, I don't want to be in the room. You ladies, y'all are cut out of some stock that I ain't going to get nowhere close to in my lifetime. I tell you what, you girls are to be admired. Birth pains. Most of you ladies know what I'm talking about. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. You're not going to hear the baby cry for a little while. We're going to suffer on the planet before the end comes. Jesus said, don't be surprised. It's just the beginning. He said, <laughs> look at verse 9. He said, but you, be on your guard. They'll hand you over to the Sanhedrins, and you'll be flogged in the synagogues. You will, be, <laughs> you will stand before governors and kings because of me as a witness to them. And the good news must first be proclaimed to all nations. So when they arrest you and hand you over, don't worry beforehand what you will say. On the contrary, whatever is given to you in that hour, say it. For it isn't you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. 
Then brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rise up against parents and put them to death. And you will be hated by everyone because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be delivered. Folks, that's not a pretty picture, is it? That's not a pretty picture. There's persecution going to come for Christian people. We might as well just get ready for that. Now, those of us that are approaching old age, I'm not old yet. I'm just older than I used to be, but I'm not old yet. In my mind, I'm not, you know. Uh, I look around, most of us in here are not old. We just, <laughs> we've been in these bodies a long time, you know. Uh, but uh, we're, we're going to be persecuted because of what we believe. If we stand our ground and say we believe in Jesus, some of us are even going to be put to death if we're still here when all of this takes place. And it's just right around the corner I'm telling you, people hate the notion. Those that are lost in the world and are hell-bent, if you'll excuse me, on destroying Christianity and the church, those people are going to make life miserable for those of us who claim Jesus as our Savior. They don't like it. Jesus makes us stronger than any amount of weaponry or fellow army that we have, Jesus makes us stronger than anything that the earth can conceive of. That's why it's important for us to be so close to Jesus. Now he's, he's our strength. The United States has got an arsenal and an army that in 15 minutes could destroy the earth. We could destroy the earth. But you know what? That's no power compared to the power of our Jesus. They can drop all the A-bombs they want to and Jesus can go and put the fire out if he wanted to. Bad times are coming for Christian people. We don't like to think about that. We like to think about the second coming going to get us all out of here before all this starts. But listen, you see what the book says, don't you? Mark said right here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit it's going to be tough. Christian people are going to be persecuted. They're going to be put to death. Uh, it's terrible what's going to happen. And he said, <laughs> Mark said right here, whatever the Lord gives you to say, say it. Don't keep it in. If he tells you to witness, witness. You do what the Lord says do and everything's going to be okay. Because God gives you something to say. It's not you that are speaking. It's who? It's his spirit. It's the Holy Spirit of God speaking through you to a lost and dying world. We're the only way that people can avoid hell. We can tell them about Jesus. If they accept Jesus, they don't have to go there. If we have a testimony at the end, we need to be prepared to say it and tell people what Jesus has done for us and how he has saved our eternal life. Time's going to be tough. And look at verse 14. We don't like to think about this at all. 
When you see the abomination that causes desolation standing where he should not, let the reader understand, then those in Judea must flee to the mountain. A man on the housetop must not come down or go to get anything out of the house. And a man in the field must not go back to get his clothes. Woe to pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. Pray it won't happen in winter. For those will be the days of tribulation, the kind that hasn't been from the beginning of the world, which God created until now and never will again. Unless the Lord limited those days, no one would survive. But he limited those days because of the elect whom he chose. Then if anyone tells you, look, here is the Messiah, look there, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and will perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. And you must watch. I have told you everything in advance. Look, God doesn't want us to face what's coming and not be prepared. If you knew the, if you knew the thief was coming and going to rob your house, you'd lock all the doors and sit up with a shotgun across your lap at night, wouldn't you? If you knew when he was coming. Jesus said you need to be that prepared all the time because the evil one's coming. He's coming. And he's going to try to destroy everything here and everything you stand for, everything you believe. You need to be ready. Have that shotgun laying across your lap. Y'all need, we need, as people, as human beings, we need to realize Satan's not just a mean man. He's not just a criminal that deserves to go to prison. He is the epitome of everything evil that has ever happened on this planet and will happen in the future. He is the literal sense of evil contained in whatever it is he looks like. I don't want to see it because that's got to be something nasty. But that's Jesus. And he's the one that can appear like, uh, appear like the angel of light. He can do many things powerfully to deceive people. It's been given him the ability to do that by God. Now, why did God do that? I don't know. I'm not going to try to explain it to you. I don't have any idea. The Lord's more intelligent than I am. He might be able to explain it to some of us old thick-headed Southerners one of these days when we get to heaven. But I'm not even going to try to tell you. All I can tell you is lean on Jesus. He's our strength no matter what happens. We need to stand up for him and stand up in a strong, powerful way. Nothing that we suffer and experience on this planet is worth our losing our salvation. Nothing. Jesus said, I'll be with you, and I'll be with you to the end. When times get tough, you call on me. I'll be there. Jesus said, verse 24, 
But in those days, listen to, you. I want you to read that verse. I hope yours sounds like mine. But in those days, after that tribulation, what does it say in yours, Hershey? Verse 24. What does it say in yours, verse 24? Right. That's after the tribulation. Now, it doesn't appear to me, folks, uh, unless, and we're not going to get into this today, <laughs> but it appears to me that the Christians went through this tribulation. They were still here Amen. during this time of tribulation. We don't like to think about that. We want to be gone when tribulation comes. We want to be out of here. I don't know whether this is the same tribulation or not, but from what is said in the preceding verses, it's going to be a pretty bad dark time before this time exists. But Jesus said, in those days after the tribulation, the sun's going to be darkened and the moon will not shed its light. The stars will be falling from the sky and the celestial powers will be shaken. The universe is going to be shaken up. The universe. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. Then... After all of this other stuff takes place, they're going to see Jesus coming back in the clouds with great power and glory. He will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the end of the earth to the end of the sky. Nobody's going to be left out that belongs to Jesus Christ. Nobody's going to be left out. Jesus is going to get every one of his children, and he's going to take them home. Now, we could have some nice places to dwell here. But folks, we've got nothing in the world, in this world, to compare to what it's going to be like living at home with Jesus. <laughs> I don't know whether we're going to be on the south wing, or I don't know whether we're going to have our own little mansion out in the backyard or what. All I know is we're going to be with Jesus. That's going to be enough. We're going to be tickled just to be with him in the afterlife. All of the things that we experienced here are going to be gone. We're not even going to, I don't think we're going to even remember them anymore. All the, the time that we've had on this earth except the time with Jesus. Folks, he's coming back. When he went away, he said, I'll be back. Kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. <laughs> He's coming back in power and in truth to establish his kingdom here on this earth. He told this parable about a fig tree. Learn this parable, he said, from the tree, fig tree. As soon as its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening now, no, excuse me, know that he is near at the door. I assure you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all of these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Jesus said, all these things are going to take place. And pretty well did. God came to get him. God's going to send him back. Now again, these are issues that 
beyond me to try to explain how it's going to happen. I don't know. But in God's power, He came to this earth. One of these days, if we're watching, we're going to see Him in His glory. And He's going to be at the door. Well, you know, we're not prone to go to the door <laughs> and crack it open and welcome in everybody. We kind of want to know who's out there before we invite them in. We're going to invite Jesus in readily into our homes and into our hearts, into our lives, into our eternity. We're going to invite him in one day. We might as well get ready for him now, hadn't we? Might as well be ready for him to return because he's coming back. He's coming back. Now, we can't fathom that. We can't imagine it. The Jews had a problem believing what was going to happen in the New Testament. The Jews couldn't hardly deal with that. They didn't deal with it. Most of them didn't believe it, never did believe it. Just a few. It's that way in the world today. Folks, we have an advantage over them. We got ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, and all the networks. When Jesus come back, comes back, you can bet your bibby, they're going to cover it. Now, I don't know how they're going to cover it, but they're going to cover it. We live in a time with, even without a miraculous happening. The whole world can see Jesus return at one time. Going to you, <laughs> I might add, going to you. He's coming back. If we don't get anything else in our old thick heads as human beings, we need to understand Jesus is coming back. He might not come back in my lifetime. Some of y'all, some of these children here might see him when he comes back. Glory to God. Wouldn't that be a, an experience <laughs> to see Jesus return from his home in heaven? To come get his children down here. That'd be a thrill. Now look at verse 32. Now concerning that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son except the Father. Watch, be alert, for you don't know when the time is coming. It is like a man on a journey who left his house, gave authority to his slaves, gave each one his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to be alert. Therefore, be alert, since you don't know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at the crowing of the rooster or early in the morning. Otherwise, it might, he might come suddenly and find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to everyone, be alert. Folks, why in the world looking for the return of Jesus? Because we as a church are just really not sure whether that's going to happen or not. If we believed it was going to happen, we'd be telling folks, when my baby got pregnant, going to have babies, we told folk, 
when my daughter-in-law got the same condition, was going to have children, we told folk we were happy about the situation. A new life was coming into our lives. Now, if I can be happy about a grandbaby, if I can be happy about a great-grand, I got one of them. Oh, we saw her the other day. Now, I want to tell you something. <laughs> She's a live wire on the hoof. Yeah, most, most of them that age are. Just about, I see a white bow back there. Look about the same size, maybe a little older. <laughs> Somebody got a picture with that baby, me holding her yesterday in my arms and, and her with her little hands on my cheek, pulling my face toward her. She wanted to see me. That was a good picture. I'm, I might keep that one. We're proud of our family. We're proud to see them. Sometimes we're separated a long time. Sometimes we're separated by distance. Sometimes we're just separated by the things of the world. But we have an opportunity to see our family and we'll take it. I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus comes, we're going to be ready. <laughs> not only is there going to be a, a big gasp of all of those who are not prepared to see him, they're going to go, <gasps> folks, I want to tell you what. All of the Christians, all of the people prepared for Jesus to return, when that sky breaks open and they see him descending with New Jerusalem on that white stallion, I, I got it pictured in my mind. When they see him coming, there's going to be a, a worldwide hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Where are you going to sit down? Because we want to go there. <laughs> Folks, we're going to be tickled to death to see Jesus coming. In the meantime, we can know that he's coming. Be prepared for him when he does come. And we need to live every day like we expect him to come back today. We expect him today. That changed a lot of people's lives. Folks, there's a lot of people in the world today that don't know Jesus as their Savior. They've never stopped and trusted Him to remove the sin from their heart and their lives and to make them a new creation. But you see, that's what He does. He makes new creations out of us. And all of those new creations are going to be standing there waiting on Him to come back one day. And I want to be with them. I want to be there. I hope you do too. Let's stand together and have a word of prayer. Our Father, we uh, thank you that we have your word that has been preserved for us for these thousands of years that we might be encouraged by them, we might be inspired by them, God, and that we might live by them as well. We give you praise, our God in heaven, for taking on a robe of flesh and coming as a child, your son, to this earth to live a perfect life in our presence and die for us to take away our sins. God, we thank you for that. If there's anyone in this room that doesn't understand that and how it works, 
I pray, God, that your spirit might convict them and that they might take advantage of the opportunity you're giving to trust Jesus and accept him as Savior. Lord, uh, we just thank you so much for the privilege that is ours to be your servant. And we pray, God, in your precious name. Hold still with every head bowed and every eye closed.